Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to another episode of Building the Cooperative Classroom. I am Adam Rubicek. With me, as always, is Derek Swistak. Hey. And Aaron Fleming. Muy buenas noches. Uh, me alegro de estar aquí con, con vosotros. Muchas gracias por venir. Vamos. Mucho gusto. We are in the midst of our mini-series on social skills. Last week, we talked about some of the theory and research and history of focusing on social skills in the classroom and cooperative skills and explicitly teaching them. Uh, today, we are going to take a little dive into the looks like, sounds like. So we are going to talk about what those observables are. If you're in the classroom and social skills are being explicitly taught and practiced, what is that going to look like and sound like? What a great question. But um, I, I hope that um, because you're listening to this, you obviously are, are seeing the, the need for students to, to work with each other. Therefore, you do know, um, or, or you're on the cusp of knowing that teaching these, these social skills, these cooperative skills, they are just as important as teaching our academic skills. And um, in order for us to teach them effectively, we need to, we need to really tell students what they are, how, how to do it, how to interact better with each other, how to ask each other better questions, how to disagree without uh, getting mad at each other. Right. So um, if, if we start with our our looks like, you know, what what do social skills look like? Well, that can vary depending on what our social skills are, because there are uh, four types of uh, social skills that we have. And these are our favorite what, Derek and Adam? They're our favorite what words? I believe they're F words. They are F words. They are my favorite F words, but they are uh, forming skills. Um, and so uh, that's the first group, forming skills. So what forming skills look like, it's, it's pretty explicit, but it's not, uh, it's not too complex. We're talking about can your groups move, you know, can, can your students move from one group to the other without making too much noise? Or can they take turns? Can they look at each other and say, you know, say names every time they, they talk to each other? Can they use names? So, you know, what does that look like? It looks like students getting up and walking to another group in a timely manner. It looks like smiles and nods. It looks like uh, maybe a, a hand gesture or some sort of gesture to encourage someone else to speak. Uh, but then as we get into our, um, our other types of skills, we're talking about functioning skills, uh, formulating skills and fermenting skills. Um, those start to look a little bit different. So when we're talking about encouraging others to participate in a group, you know, that is one of the most common ones I talk to my students about, you know, what does it look like if I notice that Derek is on the Instagram again, the he just can't put his phone down and Adam just you caught is, me. I know it. Adam is just daydreaming about Star Trek and I need to get his attention. Beam what me is up, look, Mr. Fleming. Yes. And what does it look like if I am going to encourage them to participate? Well, it certainly doesn't look like, like me pointing my finger at them, but we are going to focus on what it does look like. And it's going to look like I am engaged and I am leaning in and I am using hand gestures and I may 
put both my hands out to say, Derek, hey, I could use your help on this. What do you think? The further we go up the chain, you know, our formulating skills could just be seeking elaboration. And again, I think some of these look like they're, they're going to, they just start to kind of meld together after a while. Um, and then into, uh, you know, some of our fermenting skills, you know, and th those are the hard ones, asking a group member for justification of an answer or generating additional answers or extending others' answers. Those are all things that, I, you know, I think when students are working well together and doing all of those things, we're going to see those, you know, the, the posture of leaning in and, you know, being knee, knee to knee and eye to eye and, you know, using gestures and looking like you're actively listening. Um, Adam, Derek, what do you think? I think you covered it pretty well. And I think what the most important thing is that we want the community of learners to decide for themselves what these things mean. And it's not just telling them what those things mean. It's, it's really like having them sort of delve into it and come up with their own ideas of, of what those things look like and sound like. After we've established what it looks like, I think this is such a, such a pivotal moment, such an important thing to do with our students, which is we have to give them the, the cues. They, again, we, we talked in our last episode as adults, we often need some reminders on, on how to do things correctly and interact with each other well. So we certainly need to teach our students to do the same. So we need to give them those sounds like cues and those need to be direct quotes again. So every time, and I know Derek has, has mentioned this, not only do I need to maybe put in written form somewhere, you know, in the form of a target, let's use names as we talk to each other today and there it is in writing so that they know that. But I also need to do it every time that I speak to a student. You know, Derek often talks about modeling. So every time I'm going to talk to a student, I'm going to call them uh, by name. So that's the first thing we need to do is we need to model, but we also need to start, you know, as we ramp up through those uh, functioning, formulating and fermenting skills, we really need to give them some, some sentence starters. So I'll go back to encouraging your group members to participate. So I see that Derek really isn't helping our group right now. And he's, for whatever reason, he's tuned out. I might say Derek, and of course, because we're always going to call each other by name, instead of, bruh, get off your phone, right? You know, instead of the finger pointing and the, you know, you're not helping us and the negativity, I need to give my students some, some sentence starters. And that could simply be, hey, Derek, uh, this is a hard one for us. Um, wh what do you think about this? Could you give us a hand? Or, uh, Derek, I know you're pretty good at this kind of problem. What are you thinking? Take us through your process. Those are two two ways that a student would be able to check in with Derek, regain his attention and encourage him to participate. So, and again, we stay in the positive. We don't, we don't want to say, well, this is what it doesn't sound like. So, so we do want to give them, you know, just on a poster, different ways to be able to say, you know, if I need to ask for justification and a response, um, you know, it's not an attacking type question. It's, Hey, I'm having a hard time understanding what you said, Adam. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about why you think that? Or could you maybe cite a source and tell me, you know, where you came up with that instead of, 
that's totally wrong. Were you? You're so bogus, Adam. I mean, geez. And I think the key there is that we're providing not only guidance in what students should be looking for and how they should be, and, and what they should be interacting about, but how they should be interacting. And so it, we're we're addressing the same situation. Maybe it is as we we go back to a previous episodes, some social loafing or um, you know some some undesirable behaviors, and we're giving students the ability to um, communicate with each other in a way that honors the dignity of, of your teammates and make sure that we have that relationship at the forefront of, of, of our test. So that, you know, even though I'm dissatisfied with what you're doing, even though it's not helping us as a group, I know that we're going to have to work together for a long time. And so how can I say this in a way that's going to make you want to be part of the group and not turn you off? Well, and just imagine that, you know, if, if that's how you establish your, your culture and your, your community of learners, where you, you have, all of your students have that respect for each other and that just common courtesy and care to be able to handle a situation where, you know, Adam mentioned that social loafing. So there's Derek again. He's on his phone. It is really problematic, folks. He's on it right now. No, I'm just kidding. That Derek um, guy, I'm telling you right now, you, he's <laughs> But for, for students to be able to, to do it in the right way, get their point across, but yet still maintain a level of decorum and respect. Um, it's, it's, it's important. And we need to continue to model that and, and teach our students how to say those things. I know we'll probably talk about it a little bit more coming up, but we also need to give our students feedback on these things. Um, so we need to tell them how they're doing. When we see these things, we need to praise, praise, and overpraise. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think the key there is to not, I mean, this is one of those things that we learned, I think from David pretty early on is, is just focusing in on the positive and, and, and kind of not worrying about the negative pieces, not, not trying to, to stifle um, children or adults or whoever it might be, but really not like looking at um, trying to praise the positive things of everyone, not just, not just a specific student in class, not just always going to a kid and, and trying to make them the example, but making everyone an example um, through their, their positive contributions. And I think that leaves us in a good spot to uh, pause because next week we are going to talk about how we implement these things in the classroom. So we've got those observables and now what does a lesson look like that focuses on explicitly teaching and assessing social skills. So until next week, let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.